So we are starting a brand new series this week. We just finished our series for four weeks called In My Feelings. And tonight we are kicking off a brand new series called Canceled. How many of y'all have ever heard of the term cancel culture? Raise your hand. Anybody ever heard of that? A couple times? Okay. We're going to be talking for the next three weeks. Shh. Three weeks about this idea of cancel culture. All right, so if you have a phone out and you want to take notes, I want you to write down the title of this message because I, I, I want you to remember it. The title of this message is Canceled Failure. Write that down. Canceled. Everybody say canceled failure. Okay, now let's redo this. Let's act like we're paying attention and let's say it loud and proud. Everybody say canceled failure. Okay, I heard a lot of people say it over here, but I didn't hear anybody say it over here. So let's try it one more time. Say canceled failure. That was better. I want to give you the definition of cancel culture. Cancel culture is used to refer to a culture in which those who are deemed to have an acted or spoken in an unacceptable manner are ostracized, boycotted, or shunned. That is what cancel culture means. I got two stories for you. Has anybody in here ever failed at something? Y'all are going to relate to everything I'm about to talk tonight. So when I was in school, I don't know if you can relate to this, but when I was in school, I failed all the time. All right? I failed tests. I failed homework. I failed just regular assignments. I failed, like, finals. I failed it all. All right? And one particular time, I took Spanish. Anybody in Spanish? Raise your hand. All right, put your hands down. If you are in Spanish, raise your hand if you hate Spanish. Yeah, that was pretty much everybody. Okay, so I was in Spanish. I was in Spanish, and I was in a, a college-level Spanish. That is not to boast about myself, because I'll be straight up honest. I don't know any Spanish, all right? I know how to greet somebody. Como estas? That's all I know, okay? Muy bien, I can respond to that. That's all I know, okay? Don't ask me to say anything else. If I go to Mexico, I'm screwed, okay? So I was in this Spanish class, all right? I took it online, guys. If you go to college or when you go to college, take online. It's so much easier. Went to college, took this online Spanish course over the summer, passed it, and didn't fail. So amazing. Awesome, right? Everything was online. Okay. So then I was like, I had to take two semesters of it, right? Took two semesters. So my senior year, I took it the next senior year, or my, the first semester of senior year, and I took it online again. I was like, I'm not going in person to do this. It was so easy last time, because guess what? All I did was just put on my phone what I needed to say tried to say it on a video recording that I sent it in. That's what you had to do. It was so easy. But this next time, the teacher decided, I'm going to change the class. I'm like, why would we do this? At the beginning of the class, they said, when you are going to take your final, you're going to come in and take your final, and you're going to communicate with me. We're going to have a conversation in Spanish. I literally about crapped my pants when I heard that, all right? And so I knew this the whole semester. Luckily, this was the semester of my senior year where I moved. So guess what I did? All right, and we got through all the way through the class. We got all the way to the end of the semester. It was December. I had to take my final, right? They were sending out time slots of when you had to come in to take this final. So I knew that I was moving out of the state. So what did I do? I just didn't show up, all right? I was just like, screw this class. I don't need it anymore. So I literally did not show up, and I'm pretty sure I failed the entire semester of the class. I'm not pretty sure. I'm positive I failed the entire semester of that class because I didn't even show up for my final because I didn't want to take it. Listen, I would have failed epically, all right? I cheated the whole way through it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, so I failed that. Second thing, how many of y'all, when you were in junior high or maybe elementary school, your teachers in English class would do little spelling bee quizzes, like tests. 
Yeah, worse. All right, so my teacher, my teacher did this. She's like, we're not going to do a spelling bee test on a paper. What we're going to do is we're going to all sit in a nice big circle, and I'm going to call on you. We're going to play a little game. Basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call on you. We're going to go in a circle. When I give you, shh, when I give you a word, you got to spell it for me in front of the whole class. Listen, anybody in here good at spelling bees? Raise your hand. I envy all of you. I envy all of you. Because when I was in elementary school, junior high, I could not spell to save my life, all right? Could not spell. So the teacher calls on me. It gets to my turn. Basically, it was a game. Last person standing wins. Gets to my turn. The lady, I don't even know what word she gave me, but it was a weird word. I'm like, why a weird word? Why couldn't it have been like, yes, or what's up? I could spell that for you. She gives me this weird word. She gives me this weird word. Probably it was that. I incorrectly spelled it the very first time and got out and eliminated immediately, okay? Failed at spelling bees, all right? So I'm just telling you, I fail all the time in school. That's why I didn't go to college, all right? Because I failed epically in school all the time. But I want to talk about that tonight. The title of my message is Canceled Failure because I want to talk about this idea of failure. And I think Gio wants to give the message for me tonight. Gio, do you want to give the message for me? They're trying to poison you? Maybe you shouldn't talk to them then. So I want to talk to you about this idea of failure because I asked at the beginning of this, how many of y'all have ever failed something in school and you raised your hand? That's not to be ashamed of ourselves. Some of us are proud of failing. Listen, if you got bad grades, get them up, okay? That's my first piece of advice. I know some of y'all got Fs in this school, all right? You got bad grades, get them up, okay? I'm not talking A's and B's, but I should see some C's on those report cards, okay? You should not be failing. But I want to talk about this idea of failure because guess what? This second row, y'all killing me. Y'all killing me. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I want to talk about failure tonight because guess what? Say what? Failure is a part of life. Failure is a part of life. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about themselves, but failure is a part of life. And I want to encourage you with this. Write this down if you want to. Don't allow yourself to believe the lie that you shouldn't fail. Take a picture of it on the screen, write it down, I don't care. But don't allow yourself to believe the lie, you can put your hand down, that you shouldn't fail. That you shouldn't fail. Some people think we need to act so perfect. We need to have everything together. We need to never fail. We need to be perfect. And some of you are held to that standard. Some of you have been raised to hold that standard of not failing and not falling apart and not falling short of the mark. Some of y'all, your parents have strict guidelines for how you have to have grades. Some of your parents, they want A's and B's. They want excellence. Some of your parents are like, I don't care if you get enough, do what you got to do. You're in school. I don't care. But some of us, we've been raised to that standard of that I shouldn't fail. And if I do fail, then I am a failure. But see, failure is an opportunity for you to lead yourself to future growth. It's an opportunity for you to reach a potential that you might not have been able to reach before. It leads you to growth. Because if you don't grow, or you won't grow if you don't fail, you won't become a better person if you don't fail. You won't change who you are if you don't fail first. Can I tell you, I would not be in this position if I was perfect every single day. I had to fail time and time and time and time again to get where I am today and to be who I am today. So I wanna share a story in the Bible about a person named Daniel. Anybody know Daniel? You should know who Daniel is because if you're here when I talked about David and Goliath, you should know exactly who I'm talking about. But King David, I wanna share a story 
from 2 Samuel. Maybe you've heard this story. I think I've preached it before here at Youth. But if you've never heard this story, it's going to be interesting. You guys taking notes? You better be. Okay. I want to read this story. It's going to be on a lot of slides. So if you want to open the Bible app or something, 2 Samuel 11, 2 through 17. And this is what it says. <clears throat> it happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a, women, a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about this woman. And one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uri the Hittite? So David sent his messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he laid with her. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So David said, sent the word to Joab, send me Uri, Bathsheba's husband, send me Uri the Hittite, and Job sent Uriah to David. When Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, came to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went out of the king's house and, were follow, and were, there followed him a present, a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all of his servants of, the, of his lord. And did not go down to his house. When they told David, Uriah did not go down to his house, David sent to Uriah, have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? Uriah said to David, the ark in Israel and Judah dwell in booths, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open battlefield. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, remain here today also and tomorrow, and I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that, next, that day and the next, and David invited him and ate in his presence and got him drunk, so that the man made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his Lord and did not go down to his house. In the morning David wrote a letter to Joab, sent it by hand, by the hand of Uriah. In the letter he wrote, set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting and then draw back from him that he may be struck down and die. And so Joab was besieged the city. He assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there was a valiant, were valiant men and the men of the city came and fought with Joab and some of the servants of David and among the people fell. Uriah also died. That is a lot of scripture. It's a lot of scripture to read, but I want to catch the point of this story. David did something really bad. He did something very, very terrible. He took and he woke up, he went, he saw this woman bathing, and he stole her from her husband. David slept with a woman who was married. David slept with a woman who was taken by somebody else. And not only did David do just that, but what ended up happening is was when Bathsheba got pregnant, what ended up happening is now David is trying to cover up his sin. He's trying to fix the wrong that he did. So what does he do? He brings Uriah back, Bathsheba's husband, says, hey, I need you to go to your house and sleep with your wife. I need you to go and do that for me. Uriah decided not to. He's like, I can't. The men are fighting, and I want to be where they're fighting. So he didn't do what the king was asking him to do. And so now to cover up his sin even more, Uriah carried his own death note to the battlefront. And David had Uriah killed because of the sin that he had committed. And that sin was sleeping with another man's wife. See, David failed big. David failed epically. 
And see, David was human just like me and you. David was a king. He was held to a higher standard and he failed epically. But see, after all of this, we get to the next chapter in 2 Samuel chapter 12, and it says this. It says, Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. So then Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. See, so, so David now is confessing his sin. He recognizes what he has done. He recognizes the pain he has caused. He's recognized his sin. See, when we confess our sin, when we confess our failure to God, he takes that sin away. He takes that failure away. But see, I want to talk about something a little bit more different than just talking about how God takes your sin away. I want to talk about this idea of repentance and repenting. See, David, he repented, right? He confessed to somebody about the sin that he had committed. But David just didn't repent. He began to live a life of repentance. What do I mean by that? What do I mean? He, went, he didn't go back and just do the same mistakes over and over again. See, David slept with another man's wife, and he also killed, had somebody killed. But see, David, after he repented, after he asked God for forgiveness, he didn't go back and find another woman and slept with her. He didn't go back to find somebody else to sleep with. He didn't go and find somebody else to kill. He began to change his ways. He began to change how he lived. He began to live a life of repentance. See, he repented of his sin. He recognized his failure. He re recognized his mistakes. And then he turned the other way and changed how he lived his life. See, I think there's a lot of us in this room where we have asked for forgiveness. Let's just be real honest. On Wednesday night, some of you have come in here. You've maybe asked for a leader to pray, for, pray with you. You've asked for forgiveness, but then you've left this building. You've left these doors, and you've gone right back to the very thing that you asked for forgiveness for. You've gone right back to the very thing that you know you shouldn't be doing. And that is not living a life of repentance. See, you can come in here, and you can ask for forgiveness. You can ask for forgiveness from a leader. You can ask somebody to pray with you, but if you leave these doors and do the exact thing that you asked somebody to pray for you for, can I just be honest with you? It's pointless. Because you're not choosing to now live the life that you're asking for. You're not choosing to live the life of repentance. See, repenting recognizes that you were wrong. Repenting recognizes that you were wrong and that something needs to change that something needs to be different. See, repenting leads to growth. If you don't repent, can I tell you, you're never gonna learn. If you don't tell somebody like David did about your sin and about the things that you do, can I tell you, you're never gonna grow. You're never gonna change. And I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, when I was in junior high, I was an idiot. I was an idiot, all right? Some people would call me, excuse my language, a douchebag. That's what I was called in high school. It's funny. I laugh about it too. But if I never recognized my failures from when I was in high school, 
If I never said to anybody my sins and my failures and the things that I wasn't good at and the things that I shouldn't have been doing, if I never talked to anybody about those things, can I tell you today that right now in this space, somebody else would be preaching to you. I would not be in this position and I'd probably be somewhere else still, excuse my language, a douchebag. But because I recognized my failures... And because I became a different person and began to grow and talk to people and talk to leaders about the mistakes that I was making, I'm here today. And can I tell you, I don't think I'm a douchebag anymore. And I don't get called it that much anymore. And you might think that's okay. But guess what? I don't care what you think about me, so it's fine. God doesn't think I'm one. But the point of the story is, I don't want to be the same person that I was in high school. And no offense, I'm just going to be real honest with you. When you get older, when you get out of high school, you're not going to want to be the same person anymore. You're going to want to grow. You're going to want to change. You're going to want to allow God to do something in your life. I want to give you a scripture verse. You can take a picture of this or write it down. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For the righteous falls seven times and rise again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. For the righteous falls seven times and they rise again, but the wicked will stumble time and time and time and time and time and time again. See, can I encourage you with this? Write this down to take a picture of it. Don't be somebody who falls but doesn't get back up. Don't be somebody who falls and get back up. See, I want to give you three things that you need to learn tonight. Three things I want you to write these down or take a picture. They're going to be real quick. The first one is I want you to learn how to repent. I want you to learn how to repent. I want you to learn where your mistakes lie, and I want you to learn to confess them to somebody. I know there's a lot of people in this room that you have some things in your life that you know you shouldn't be doing. And if you're not listening right now, listen to me. Eyes up on me. There's something in your life that you need to get rid of. There's something in your life that you don't like about yourself maybe, or maybe there's something that you just need to release it. Maybe some of y'all are hanging out with some friends you shouldn't be hanging out with. Maybe some of y'all use some language that you shouldn't use. Maybe some of y'all look at stuff on the internet that you shouldn't be looking at. Maybe some of y'all are hanging out with your boyfriend and your girlfriend in an isolated place by yourself and doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Maybe some of you are at school vaping in the bathroom. Maybe some of you are getting drugs somewhere at school. Whatever it is that you have in your life. I know something that I just said resonates with some of y'all in here because I'm not stupid. I know y'all do it. And I'm saying these things because those are the things that are going to keep you where you're at and they're never, you're never going to continue to grow if you don't get rid of those things. If you continue to allow yourself to have a bad mouth, if you allow yourself to continue to have a bad attitude and cuss out your teachers and don't take school seriously, for those of you that look on the internet and look at inappropriate things, can I tell you that's going to stalemate you for a long time. And you're never going to find yourself in a place of growing if you don't repent. Number two, look at this one. We need to then learn. Once you repent, we need to learn from our mistakes. So when you repent of those things, and you recognize, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. All right, I don't want to go to the bathroom and vape with my friends anymore. I don't want to do that. So you repent, and now you're going to learn. So next time you're at school and your buddies come up to you and say, hey, meet us in the bathroom after lunch to vape, what are you going to do? 
Are you gonna learn from what you just did and repented from? Or are you gonna be like, yeah, screw that. I'm gonna go do what I wanna do. You need to learn from your mistakes. Can I tell you vaping sounds cool in the moment? Can I tell you it's the most stupid thing anybody can do? I'm just gonna be real honest with you. Maybe that's just my opinion, but I think it's the dumbest thing ever. Drugs are the dumbest thing ever. And can I tell you, let's just be real honest for a second. The only reason any of you probably do it is because your friends are peer pressuring you into doing it. If we're being real honest, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, none of you actually really want to do it yourself. You're just doing it because everybody else is doing it. And can I tell you this? If any of you want a career in anything, drugs is the number one thing that's going to stop you. It's going to stop you. I got drug tested at High V when I applied there. I'm pretty sure most jobs are going to drug test you. So if you're a drug addict, guess what? You're not going to get a job. You ain't going to make money. Learn from that. Third thing, grow. Take a picture of the screen. They're all up there. Grow. If you are not finding in your life opportunities to grow, and let me put it this way, Logan, stop. Let me put it this way. If you're not finding opportunities to grow up, you're missing out in life. If you get to the point where you're graduating high school and you're still acting like a freshman, we miss something. God is calling us to grow in who we are. He's calling us to learn from our mistakes. He's calling us to recognize our mistakes. See, just because you failed once doesn't mean you are a failure. And that's what I want to get at tonight because I think some of you in this room, you think you are a failure because of stuff that you've done or stuff that you continue to do. And you're not a failure. And see, God is calling us to get back up. He is calling us to repent. He is calling us to learn and he is calling us to grow. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the same person that I am 10 years from now. If the, t- the person that I am right now is the same person in 10 years, can I tell you I've done something wrong? I've not learned from my mistakes. I've not chosen to recognize my failures. I've not chosen to, to, to be open to people correcting me. You should allow yourself to be open for correction. You should allow yourself to be open for people to tell you, hey, maybe you should live your life a little differently. Maybe you should do that just a little different. Can I tell you the number of conversations that I have with a lot of leaders in my life who came up to me and said, yo, Josh, you need to straighten up or guess what? This is going to be your life. You might want to do something a little different about this. You might want to stop acting like a douchebag and straighten up a little bit. Can I tell you, if I didn't have those conversations and if I didn't have those people in my life telling me that, I would still be the same person I was in high school. And listen, I'm going to end on this and we're going to go into a worship song and have an opportunity for prayer. But here's what I want to say. I'm so thankful for those moments. But the last thing that I want to say is, I'm saying these things to you because this is what I've learned. And no offense, if I were you, I would get your teenage brain mindset of, oh my gosh, he's a 25-year-old man who thinks he's no better than us and I'm just going to not listen to him. Or I'm, I've been in school all day and I don't want to pay attention to what he's saying right now because I honestly, I don't care. Can I be honest? Get that crap out of your head because I was there when I was in youth group. I was the guy that said those things while the pastor was talking, okay? Get that idea out of your head for just two seconds. And maybe just allow yourself to be open to the idea to repent, to be open to the idea to maybe I should do something just a little bit different. Because no matter what I say, it doesn't matter. Because when y'all leave these doors and you walk out that door, 
guess what? I'm not there. So you can cuss all you want. You can go to the bathroom and vape all you want. You can hang out with your girlfriend all you want or your boyfriend and do whatever you want. You can do drugs if you want to. You can uh, steal if you want to. You can go out late with your friends if you want to. You can break. You can do whatever you want. But can I tell you, those things are not going to lead you to the life that you really need in Jesus. Can I tell you, y'all will live the blessed life if you choose to allow the Lord to come into your heart and lead you. So that's what we're going to do in this moment. So I just want everybody to stand up. If you're a leader in this room, just find a spot on the side again. We're going to do this pretty much probably every week. A leader, just find a side, but shh. No talking. We're going to stay in the room. No leaving to go to the bathroom. For a few seconds. For just one song and for a few minutes, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you an opportunity to take this moment seriously. I want you to open your mind up for about three minutes and just say, man, what if I change? What if I just stop doing this for a second? What if I try the idea of Jesus? What if for a week I try him? So in this moment, I just want you to have a what if moment. Just ask yourself as you're standing here worshiping, what if? I repent and then I learn and then I continue to grow. What if? So we're gonna worship. I'm gonna pray real quick. Our leaders are up here if you wanna get prayed over. Guys, go to guy leaders. Girls, go to girl leaders. But just allow the Lord to speak to you in this moment. And one thing, if you're not gonna take this moment seriously, then sit down and be quiet. Yeah? Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for opening our hearts and speaking to us, God. And so right now in this moment, as we worship God, I pray that you would just begin to open their hearts. I pray you would just begin to speak to every student in this room. I pray you would just begin to challenge them, Lord. I pray that for one second, they would just see the what if. What if I just try this for a second? What if I just allow you to change my life? So Lord, we give tonight to you. We give this moment to you and we say, have your way. And in Jesus' name.